It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. going on y'all welcome to let's chat happy thursday <laughs> oh hey lisa how you doing girl i'm good i am good i am good like rushing in <laughs> trying to make sure i got here on time but That's i'm good of our line, please. <laughs> child if they only knew we put in work, hunty. R O oh, yes, indeed. I was about to spell work wrong. That's how, and I'm a little tired. <laughs> Wait a minute, uh, you signed enough work as R O, girl. You signed yes. everyone. <laughs> w O R K. I was like, I was just about to spell work wrong. Just stop it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's that. And it's only Thursday, Lisa. It's our first show of the week. Once again, welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I am joined by the one and only, the best co host in the business, Mr. Lisa. We have a We do, we do. We got some dope authors. Um, And for all of those listening that I met at the, well, before we even do that, I want to speak, me and T both want to say, welcome iHeartRadio to the chat room. <laughs> yes, we, if you guys don't know, the ladies of the chat, we 
we have worked so hard on our show. And, it's, you know, our, our dividends are paying off, Lee. Like we said, we have been picked up by our heart radio. So make sure you go ahead out there and download the podcast and follow the ladies of Let's Chat. You know, we're trying to get our followership up here on iHeartRadio. So go ahead and support the ladies of Let's Chat. Absolutely. Now, you know, the Atlanta kickback was last week, as well as the um, Harlow Book Fair. So mm-hmm. last week when I went to the I went to the kickback on last week, and when I went to the, because you know how we do when we go to the events to get, um, just be able to allow them to use our platform to promote their work. I did not realize how many people I talked to and the amount of time that I was there. I still have like a stack of cards for dates to give out. So if I met you in Atlanta at the kickback, we are now working on January dates. So, oh my goodness, Lee. You mean we are booked up until January? Wow. Well, because you know, <laughs> we take a break in November and December. Because right. y'all don't know, Tony is like wife 101, and so she cooks <laughs> for the holidays. And when I say she cooks, that's Grandmama House cooks. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like that when Lee's Grandmama House cooks. <laughs> that's Grandmama House cooks. That's like Sunday dinner type cooking every day. That's Miss Tony. And she works. That's why I call her Wife 101, y'all. <laughs> oh, my goodness, girl. So we take the holidays actually, off. As, as we're talking, I'm like running in and checking my rice. <laughs> see? See? I told y'all. Well, I told y'all. God told y'all. That's what she do. But it's all good. It's all good. Lisa and I worked so hard on our show, and we so appreciate all the support that has been shown to the ladies of Let's Chat. Don't don't think it goes unnoticed. We see what ha- what happens. You know, we see who shares our posts, who supports our our venture. And we, you know, we've come a long way. We've come a long way, and I was just it's reminiscing just this past weekend. We are coming up on six years, girl. Yes. So this is what I thought about doing for our six-year anniversary. Um, okay. Having all of our past guests do like a short video drop. Uh-huh. Just happy anniversary. Let's chat. Uh-huh. And then, um, oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, just start and then put it on our Instagram and stuff, and then um, put it like in the video or make it um. On the that day, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about past the video drops. I'm sorry, y'all. I, like I haven't. That. I haven't thought about past the I, video drops. I like that, but see, now that you put that germ of an idea in my head, uh, I'm gonna try to see what I can come up with because that would be so dopely. You know, that's six years of of guestship. Yeah, we done made up a new word here on that chat: guestship. <laughs> see. I don't know if we can get all of our celebrity guests, um, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to get them to do, um, like, uh, little uh, video drops. I'm sure Mm -hmm. if I ask Blue Kimball, he'll do it. If y'all don't know who Blue Kimball is, he was actually in the DeBarge movie. Mm 
and he plays mm-hmm. uh he has a character in the hit hit series monogamy which is coming back this fall y'all and we will have the writers back into the chat room uh in august so i'm excited about that but i'm sure um, we can get some of our celebrity guests to do a little video drop i'm not quite sure if we can get all of them but i'm gonna do my best Mm -hmm. i think that's gonna be really dope Mm-hmm. I think that would be so cool. And, you know, we've had so many guests that are literally, speaking about celebrity guests, we have had so many guests that are new, you know, that are, for those that are new to Let's Chat, Richie and I have had little interviews on the red carpet, literally, before they go into their movie premiere. And we so thank those previous guests that have shared some of their precious time because, Leash, you know, time is so precious, especially yes. when you're in a spot like going into a premiere, girl. Mhm. That's right, so we and we appreciate you. all that they do. Absolutely, y'all. We just rambling, like, cause y'all know me and T, we literally been really busy, and so we don't talk during the week as much as we normally do. So we get in here, and we get to talking. We so sorry. Well, let's get this show cracking. Absolutely. Once again, you are listening live to Let's Chat. My name is Tony. And if you haven't heard, we are I am joined by the one and only best guest in the business, Miss Lisa. We come to you live every Thursday and Friday when we're on the air and we so appreciate all those new eyes we see peeking into the chat room. Yeah, we see you, Lisa and I, we see you. But here in this chat we celebrate we used to celebrate literature, but now we just celebrate the dopeness of everything. And we celebrate it the royal way, the only way we know how to celebrate it. Now we have had so many genres, so many people that have come through the doors of Let's Chat. And it's not just literature anymore. Alicia and I, we have such a rich archive of, of jewels. Our Dewey Broccoli is literally overflowing. We have had producers. We have had writers of, of big network shows. We have had mm-hmm. actors, lawyers, celebrities, everything, any avenue that you can think of have come through the doors of Let's Chat. And we love celebrating it the royal way, which is the only way we know how to do it. So we love to bring them into the chat room so they can interact with our guests in an intimate, friendly, and fun environment. Because, you know, you never know who's listening to the show. You never know who you can touch at a certain part or a certain point in their lives. So Alicia and I bring them in. We hope you guys enjoy them. Sit back. We have a great show on top. We have a full, full house. Great topic, Lee. Research, research, research. That is so important in any avenue of life. You, know, you got to do your research in order to know what you know because you know it. And that's one of the things we have here on Let's Chat. Absolutely. And just just to um, piggyback off of that, y'all know, if you just were not tuning in, you don't. But I went to the Atlanta Kickback. And, you know, not even just the Atlanta Kickback, but I meet lots of authors. And I want to talk about the cards and the business cards that are given out. Um, Make sure you got your email on there, your email, your website. I met a lot of authors, and they had these things. And I remember at one point in time, you know, I was like, okay, well, where do you find them? And you don't want your cards to be too busy um, because you want people to be able to see everything. So you want your font to be um, visible and and Mm -hmm. really um, professional. 
But make sure you always have your email address. Make sure you always have all of your social media. Make sure you always have your website. As an author, they always have your website. As an author, you should have your website. a website. I don't care if you're signed or not. You should always have a place that people come just for you. Social media is nice. It's great. But you should always have a place. Always have a place that is just for you, um, that people come to for you. And you want to force people to those spots. So mm-hmm. I always tell clients, your experts, don't put them on social media. Put them on your website. Force them to your mm-hmm. website so that you're mm-hmm. forcing traffic over there. Make sure that you have, uh, if you don't have a paperback sale from your website, make sure that you have at least uh, your cover, your synopsis, and have it to where the cover is linked to your um, Amazon page. Mm. I mean, there's tons of things, but you want to have something that is just for you. And I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care if you are signed to somebody or not, you always got to have something that is just for you. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. off my soapbox on that one. <laughs> well, you know, Alicia and I here on this chat, we do, we have we have a slew of soapboxes. You know, we, we have a, a supply. <laughs> we keep a supply yeah. of soapboxes because we are always trying to drop jewels into those that are listening that, that may need those jewels, Alicia. And we love filling up a jewelry box here on Let's Chat. So when we get on our soapbox, don't think we're just rambling. We're actually sharing some fabulous and much-needed ideas. So, you know, watch those soapbox. <laughs> and you know who I got some great jewels from this weekend at mm-hmm. the uh, kickback? Um mm-hmm. Miss KK from Love & Hip Hop. I'm so trying okay. to get her on the show, y'all, because she has some information that is that she has learned just from pushing her own books and I want to have her mm-hmm. come on here and just be able to talk that talk about that because I think it's really important mm-hmm. and we love you know sharing sharing especially those that have been in the business because like I said in our introduction we never know who is at what level of, of their journey that is listening to Let's Chat. We may have seasoned authors. We may have seasoned publishers. We may have seasoned, you know, actors. We never know where you are in your journey. So we always try to provide guests that can, can um, lift you up, you know, expand your horizon. So, you know, definitely check out our archives because we have had some wonderful guests that have shared their time with us, and um, we hope you guys are excited. Felicia, I want to talk about the topic of our show tonight, which is research. What what made you bring in bring up research and 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 the importance of research? Well, you know, when I sit down to create the shows, I always I try to think about things that we haven't talked about. Nine times out of ten, we probably already talked about it in six years. Um, probably we've already talked about it. But I just think that in today's day and time, everybody is trying to create their own lane. Um, mm-hmm. And in creating their own lane, mm-hmm. um, research is required. Right. And That's so true. 
and and a lot of times people think, oh, if I get with a major, I don't have to do anything. You still got to do research. You know what I'm saying? You still got to do research. You have to research a literary agent. You have to research publishing companies. You still have to research, and you still have to promote. Why? Because big bigger companies are or bigger publishing companies, they don't do what more what independent publishing companies do. They do less. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. they are that engine that pushes you, but as far as you thinking you don't have to put in that footwork, you still do. You do, and um, I'm not sure if you can still hear me, Leash, but research is the core of any of anything that you take on in life, literally. Absolutely. Yes, I can hear you. Everything. Everything in life requires uh, research. I don't care what it is, um, right down to clients. If you have a mm-hmm. client base, uh, like I was speaking to a particular client the other day, and I didn't want to sound arrogant, but I don't take everybody that comes my way. I, you know, I don't. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't have to, but I don't for a reason. Um, because everything is in a fit. I'm just saying, everything is not a fit. Everything is not going to fit you. So if you are looking for, I don't care what it is, and whether you're looking for a promoter, whether you're looking for mm-hmm. a publisher, whatever it is you are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to make sure it's a good fit. you got to make sure that, it, that it's, it's a fit that's feeding you um, and, and your creativity. you got to feel safe in whatever relationship that you have. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a necessity. And so research is very important, making sure that you're not just researching to learn how to do something, but researching to upgrade what you already know, researching to improve what you already know, researching to put yourself in different positions. Um, but research is very important. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, um, you know, even as you um... – even as you go forth in all the different avenues of whatever whatever genre you may take or whatever street that you may take in life, you have to research it and make sure that you're on the right path. Because if you're not, you're just wasting time, and that's time that you can't get back, you know, time that you could be spent doing what it is that you're trying to do and expound on what it is that you're trying to do. So research mm-hmm. is so important, and I'm going to be excited to hear what I guess have to say about research because we have everybody in different avenues or different places in their journey doing enough to see the league. Absolutely. Everybody is at a different level. And, you know, that's what I love about what we do here on Let's Chat because I love to be able that we have the ability to allow authors on different levels to be able to interact and network one, not just network and um, gain readership through our listeners, but networking with other people, other like-minded creative people that Mm -hmm. may not be on the same level as you are, maybe a level higher where they can show you some things and they can teach you some things or you can hear some things that are different, maybe some things that will help you and push you in, in the direction you want to go into. So true. And um, 
And that's one of the things that I was talking to Nene about this past weekend. And make sure you hit up both Alicia and I's pages. Uh, we had some great, great interviews. And um, speaking of Nene, you know, I'm excited to have her in the chat room. Leash. You know, we talked about her upcoming book, and she gave the ladies of Mass Chat some exclusive things that she has not even divulged. But you never know where you are and at what point in your journey. And that's one thing that we love sharing because it could be it could be taken in any direction that you're taking leave. Any jewels that we have here on this chat, it's not just relegated to literature. Please don't think uh-huh. that, that we're just relegated to literature. We talk about the, the importance of, of life's journey, not just readership journey, but life's journey. That's what we share here on this chat. So when we get into our guests, when we get into our questions and our interview and our dialogue, don't, please don't think that it's just literature that we talked about. We are talking about so, so much more, Leash. You're right, see, you are. So right, and this is the thing about making sure that um, you soak up any jewels that are dropped your way. Everything is a learning experience, whether you're seasoned or not. Everything is a learning experience, and in this in this day and age and industry, and I love the fact that Miss P said it's a life. Because your vision is your life. You know what I'm saying? Your vision, the passion behind what you do, that is your life. And and I think that you have to look at it beyond fans and beyond selling books and beyond anything. Because whether you sell one book or not, you're a business and you're a brand. Mm -hmm. And so once you write that first book, you're a business, you're a brand, and you have to move as such. And the words right. of Keisha Green, books are a business. And mm-hmm. we don't talk enough about the business of books. That's why I love when we have authors like Nene Capri on, authors like uh, Ian Joy on, Victoria Christopher Murray on, Rashonda Takes Dillacy, because they are able to uh, drop jewels. Because the thing mm-hmm. is you have to be able to monetize your pen. Um, and right. you have to know that that book grind. And everybody, especially in the in the age of ebooks, is not familiar with the book grind. Is not familiar with mm-hmm. putting your paperback books in your car and literally selling them wherever you go. And, mm-hmm. and that's a whole different type of grind because people are so used to being behind a computer, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a little uncomfortable talking to people they don't know or being able to talk about their work. Because when you're right. pitching your book to uh, readers or potential readers, because I'm going to say everybody who come across is a potential reader. That's, that's potentially mm-hmm. maybe an audience. Um, you have to know how to talk about your book more than just throwing up the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Because when you just throw up the synopsis, you sound, sound very technical. And mm-hmm. you want to be able to breathe your book and and be able to talk about it and present your the reader, a potential reader, with the essence of you as an author and your book, and that's what draws them in. That is part of your eye candy. That's part of your packaging. That's true. That's so true. And, you know, Leisha, I want to expound on what you just shared with us about monetizing your pen. 
Because the monetize does not just stop at the ten. You can monetize your monetize your grind. You can monetize your talent. As long as you're monetizing something, you you you're striving forward instead of just being stagnant. So monetize whatever it is that you are are good at, are great at, and just let it start working for you. But don't just remain in that in that let it work for me. Continue to 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 continue to grow, to continue to work your brand. And we are so high on brands here, Leash. We we so believe in branding yourself and making sure that your brand reflects what it is that you want everyone to see you as. So so make sure you're you're getting the best out of your pen, your grind, your talent, whatever it is that you are so so passionate about. Make sure you're getting the best out of it. You said a great mouthful, T. The best <laughs> out of it. That means that, you know, and I was talking about that to someone the other day. You know, when you look at services, for example, whether it's formatting services or um, mm-hmm. editing services, you know, you have to think about quantity and quality kind of when you're thinking about services. When you want quality work, it may not mm-hmm. be really cheap. You know what I'm saying? It it may not. Mm-hmm. And right. you have to know that there are some places that you cannot cut corners. That's true. And sometimes you might have to save a little. But there is a thing called a pre-order campaign, and I don't mean just an Amazon campaign. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have a website, you can pre-put your book on pre-order. That gives mm-hmm. you time to not only tighten it up, but it gives you time to make money to help uh-huh. you pay for these edits that you need. But you want to make sure word, that you use. Go ahead. You use the word, least that you and I are so known. Well, and he's known to each other for, and that's tightening up. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so true, girl. I'm just saying, let me tell y'all, I'm not an editor. I'm not an editor at all, but I got Miss Tone. And (laughs) I got an editing eye. I can edit, but she's the editor. And if I look at something and I go over it, I might edit it. But when I need it tight, I send it to my hardcore red pen over there. (laughs) Thank you, Lee. Thank you, girl. I work hard, girl. (laughs) But yeah, you got But this is the thing And and this is why I said that You have to have people on your team that you trust You have to have people on your team That you are comfortable with Um, Mm -hmm. And you have to have people on your team That Want to see you burst out Whatever it is that has been placed In your stomach They want to see you Succeed in whatever it is not just for the meantime, but whatever it is you want to do. You have you have those few people that are like, what is it that you need me to do to help you get where you want to be or where you are trying to get to? Those are the people that are there. But you have to make sure that your team, whether it's your promoter, whether it's your publisher, whether it's your agent, whoever, your editor, your formatter, whoever, that's, that's part of your team. You have to make sure that you trust 
everything about them. Mm-hmm. When it comes to T's eyes, she could tell me it was blue and it was really orange. <laughs> but she thought I'm going to be like, it was blue. I, but you know what I'm saying? Because I trust her eyes. I trust her mm-hmm. eyes. I trust her skill. And I trust her pen. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. So we are team. We are a true if, epitome of team. <laughs> yeah, if she says page 55 ain't right, I don't know. I didn't read it. No, Tony said it wasn't right. I'm sorry. Go on, fix that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but, <laughs> that's that, but that's how your team has to work. Like, you can't contradict your team. That's my teammate. So if she tell me it ain't right, it ain't right. I don't care what nobody else says. She says it's not right, then it's not right. Absolutely, absolutely, Leash. We 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 we've been working all these years, and it's been working. So you know, all we do is try to continue to grow in in, in what it is that we contribute to this industry, and not just this industry, not just literature. Like we said at the top of the show, let's chat is so much more than just books. We want to give so much more than just great books. We want to give dopeness, and that's our word. We want to give dopeness and not just books, but all avenues of art. And that's what it is that we're passionate about. You know, we are passionate about the arts and not just relegated to literature. Absolutely. But I think you know what it is, Steve. Um, I love helping people, and you love helping people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it easy because I'm always, I, I love helping people because I love, mm-hmm. I want for everybody to win. I just feel like anybody that, anybody that has passion for anything that they want to do, then they should do it. You're never going to get me to tell you not to do something unless it's like really, really bad. But most of the time, if it's something that's forward movement about your dream, your passion, because a lot of times we have visions and our visions have to be expanded. So if somebody is expanding their vision, who am I to tell them no? Absolutely right. not. Go for it. Whatever right. you got to do, you go for it. I'm always going to be encouraging. That's true. That's true. And and while you're being encouraging, I'm also right there along with you, Lee, encouraging, bringing out the best of everything that everybody has to offer. Let me tell y'all about Miss Tony, y'all. She gonna get blood from a turnip. <laughs> she gonna get blood from a turnip. As an editor, she will get blood from a turnip. <laughs> I love it. Y'all, we just rambling on. We just rambling on. We wanna welcome y'all to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Lisa. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking at talk today with four fabulous guests. That's right. We said four. Mm-hmm. So we got a full house on tonight. We have our first fabulous guest. Let me tell y'all about this one pen right here. I can't tell y'all details for her pen. Let me tell y'all. Y'all better watch out. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Author Rose Chamberlain, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. How are you ladies doing? We are we are fabulous, Rose. I don't know how much you've heard of the introduction, but Alicia and I, we are on point tonight. We are ready to dive in 
And we thank you okay. so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Oh, wow. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I I actually started writing just kind of based off of a dare. <laughs> this was way oh. back in um, 2008. I, I didn't have, well, I still feel like I don't have uh, professional experience, but I didn't have any experience at all in writing. I was just kind of bored with life at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And somebody, at my one of my coworkers at that time, was like, hey, <laughs> just think about writing a book. You know, um, because we had a little extra time at work on our hands, and I thought about it, and I was like, I don't know the first thing about writing a book, but I just took things um, from my life. I took things that I would see that was going on, and I just started writing page from page, and I would pass it around to all my coworkers, and they were loving it, and I'm just like wow, okay, do I have something here? And I guess I did because that first book, um, I I started selling it and people loved it. And the only thing was um, I really wanted to get, you know, professionally published and everything. So I started sending it around to publishers and not getting the response that I actually wanted. So I kind of put it on the back burner um, until uh, people encouraged me to just keep on with it. And so I wrote my second book um, entitled Mm -hmm. Him, and people loved him also. So I just really feel like um, writing is, is, an experience for me. It it allows me to be creative and it allows me to just relax and enjoy what I'm doing. And so that's what I want to portray to my readers that I'm mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I want them to enjoy reading what I'm doing. And I've I'll, I've gotten nothing but positive feedback. So I right mm-hmm. at this point I'm just trying to grow my fan base and see where this journey can go. And I'm loving working with Diane and, and Tice and, you know, everybody on on the team because I'm just like, I know that these ladies are in the business and can help me take my, my you know, career to a whole different level. So that's where I am right now. I'm just trying to grow the fan base and I'm just having fun with the whole writing experience. Absolutely. I love it. And, you know, I'm looking at the cover of him, and, y'all, it says deadly and erotic affair. <laughs> that tells us here in Let's Chat that you got a nasty pen and you like to kill people. <laughs> I know we have a motto here in Let's Chat. Our motto is if it's going to be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, we're going to need to come in Starbucks with some coffee because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Yeah, him kind of him kind of goes there. 
I'm really cautious about, I'm always a little nervous when people first read him because I'm just like, oh, Lord, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it it goes there. (laughs) Not so much on a level like, it's not like on a zane level, I guess I would say, but, yeah, it it goes there. (laughs) I was shocked myself at writing him, so. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you sat down to write your first book, mm-hmm. and then you decided to sit down and write a second book, how? And then now you have another book coming out. How have you noticed your pen growth um, from your first book forward? Um, I when I wrote my first book, um. I was just writing. I like I said, I didn't have any experience whatsoever. My favorite author is Kimberly Lawson Roby, and I was like, well, I think I can kind of do what she do, you know. So I didn't know if I was um, saying things correctly or anything. I just kind of wrote the story, and mm-hmm. I remember um, I forget. Uh, who I let read it, but they they were in the business as well, and they told me, they said, don't just write the story, you know, tell the story. And I really didn't understand what she was saying at the time, but when I came back and I I sat down to write him, because him was kind of based off of a guy that was in my life. (laughs) And... um, Oh, let me tell you him. She's telling your business, oh. bruh. She's telling your business. business. I don't know what she did, but not only she's telling your business, but it's deadly, so I think she died. I'm safe to say okay. that you might have messed up, man. It's safe to say you, you did something. <laughs> Listen, it's based off this guy and just the feeling that he gave me. I wanted uh-huh. that intense feeling to come across in my book because mm. everything was so intense with us. And I, mm. that's when I really got the idea of, hey, I, I'm, I'm really telling this story. I'm not just writing it. I'm telling it. And so everybody mm-hmm. that has – him is everyone's favorite. Out of my three books, and, and I go back and I ask readers, well, when you put it in order, which you know, how do you like the books? And him is everybody's favorite because it mm-hmm. has a twist to it. Um, it's more of a, a suspense, you know. I mean, the the erotic and everything is there, but the suspense is there, and people love that. I'm keeping them on, you know. Uh, they can't figure out what's going on. Until right. the very end of the book, you know. Usually, you right. can kind of tell where a book is going, but mm-hmm. in him, you cannot figure out what's going on at all until the very end. And so that's what—that's the feedback that I've gotten back from that book. But I—I can tell that I've grown over time, and um, I enjoy writing in first person. My first book was uh, third person but I'm enjoying writing character by character and letting them tell their own story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
Absolutely. Now, now, um, now I want to say, Lee, Wait, I'm sorry. Hold that thought, Lee. We got our okay. next guest. Okay. So we got our next guest that's going to come in and kick in the chat room doors with us. She is so sweet. Author Roxanne Jose. Welcome, Roxanne. Hi there. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Roxanne. <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> thank we you. appreciate that. Now, <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Okay, um, I am born in the Philippines, but I now live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I wrote my first book, which is a fantasy story about three countries fighting for an island. It's called Anagram. And my second book is a science romance novel called uh, Time Travel. Oh, wow. Time Travel. Okay. So you did a, a, like a, a sci-fi romance book. What made you yes. decide to sit down and write that type of genre? Because that's different. I know. It's very interesting, and I was surprised that it was actually published also. Uh, I based it on my creativity. Whatever is my head, whatever is on my head, I just wrote it down, and there you go. Time travel comes. Ooh. Wow. Oh, goodness. I know, right? Now, I I have a question of both, uh, for both of you guys. Um, mm-hmm. When you guys are writing, what are some quirky things that you need, some things that you have to have when you sit down and create? Uh, we'll start with Ro. I have, to have, I have to have a glass of wine. Um, mm-hmm. I have to have... My girl, Ro. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have some music. Um, I don't know why. A lot of people like to, you know, write with peace and everything. I have to have some music that's going to kind of take my mind there. And mm-hmm. I have to have a, a scented candle. Those would be the three things that I need. Okay. <laughs> I got to kind of set the atmosphere, you know what I mean? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because y'all know her pen is nasty and she likes to kill people. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Roxanne, what about you? Um, basically, my computer and the TV on because I know it. Whenever the TV is on, it makes me entertained. So every time I write my book, it kind of gives me a relaxation and um, watch any movie I want. Oh, okay. Watch movies and write. I love that. There's nothing wrong with that, honey. <laughs> now, if you guys had to pick a character in your book, and I know everybody says, you know, I can't pick a character because, you know, it's like picking kids. Who would I pick a kid? But if you had to pick a character in the book, who is the most difficult character for you to pin in your book? We'll start with Roxanne. Oh, basically Aaron, Aaron, because he's a friend of um, Angelie Thompson who created a time machine and the polygamous in the story. And um, it's so difficult to write him because he has to be a bad person in the middle of the story. So in between best friends to enemies, so that's a difficult part for me. Mm-hmm. Aaron? Um, I guess I would say Harrison and him. Um. 
and I'm I'm choosing him because he's so there's so many elements to him and people are so drawn to him because of of his his nature and they can't really figure him out and but he's dealing with so much from his past as well. So I I would say him. He he's just hard to figure out as a character. Mm. Now this is Tony. You know, we're gonna try to differentiate between who's speaking because we've been told so much that we both sound alike. But I wanna ask Roxanne, like we said at the start of your interview, this is a different genre than that that uh most people may not be familiar with. What is the draw of it for you? Uh, whatever uh, creativity because um for me creativity matters because without it my story won't stand out. So basically my mm-hmm. creativity that makes a good science romance novel. Mm-hmm. Now is this something that you read growing up? Um you know, were were you drawn to this as an early reader? Uh yes, an early reader because uh when I was reading a book I told myself, What if if I can write a book? So, yes, through reading and my creativity, I was able to write a time travel. Awesome. Time travel. Thank I like you. that. <laughs> <laughs> and Roxanne? Um, and Rose? Yes. Okay. Can you, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? What is the draw of your genre that, that, that drew you into it? And is this something that you read as a young reader as well? Oh, okay. Well, the very, like I said, um, Kimberly Lawson Roby is my favorite author because I guess because she was the very first author that I've ever read. And uh, it was Casting the First Stone. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I kind of got the idea uh, with For Better or For Worse because, um, I was just kind of heavily into church at that time, and I would, but I would see things behind the scenes, and I, would, I just related to everything that she was talking about in her book, and that's why I was mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I can write my experiences um, that I see in the church as well, and so that's where mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of went with things with uh, my first book, but I wanted something totally different when I, years later when I got to him, and now with I Didn't Think You Existed, my whole thing is I want to talk about black love, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'm going with my books now. Um, just the just the drama and the things that we go through trying to have these relationships, but I also want to encourage black love in our books, too, to show that yeah, we can go through these things, but, you know, we can come out on top in the end. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's, that's oh, where I'm absolutely. at with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, this is Alicia. When you guys sat down to write, and, and I want to go back. I want to go back to the first time you decided that you were going to write a book. Did you feel, what was the first thought that ran through your mind before you that book off to be published. Bro? Is anyone really going to read this? 
these are my <laughs> crazy thoughts on paper. So I was like, what is going to make a person want to read it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what some people that purchased my book, they were, you know, just basically trying to support me. Um, then some people, I think, purchased it just to kind of be nosy and see what I was talking about. But then <laughs> um, as a reader, they really came back and, and gave me the feedback that I was looking for and was like, this is a good storyline. This is good. So um, I was just really kind of fearful of, is anyone going to want to read my crazy thoughts down on paper? So, mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Roxanne, what about you? What was the first thought that popped in your mind right before you sent your book off uh, to be published? Uh, um, is is my book going to be published? Will someone like it for it to be published? Because um, for me, this kind of scares me, especially I want traditional publishers, so I want to make sure that they will like my book. So that's it. Is my book going to be published? Awesome. Now, you know something, okay. Leash, I want to piggyback on that, Leash. Leash asked a really good uh-huh. question, ladies, about how you felt sending it off. But since it has been sent off and since you've been published, how does it feel to say I'm an author? Let's start with Roxanne. Uh, how, how, is it, how does it feel to be published? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, it's priceless. I mean, it, it was very priceless prices because when I sent time travel I got a lot of rejections and the only acceptance mm-hmm. I received was from hybrid where we paid to publish our book so when I got mm-hmm. the publishing contract from a pub, uh, traditional publisher I was overwhelmed I just want to cry like I did it oh wow yeah wow and what about we you we actually Rome? did a show about that mm-hmm. we did how about you Rose I am still amazed. Um, just to say, it doesn't really hit me until someone reads it and they're like, oh, I can say I know an author, a real author. And I'm like, wow, I guess I am a real author. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I really just enjoy the experience of writing. So I always forget about the title of author until someone approaches me and like, okay, you actually write books. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I that I guess that is my life. You know, I do write <laughs> books. I am an author. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I'm still just amazed by it all. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. Well, y'all know here on Let's Chat, what y'all don't know because y'all both are new. So here on Let's <laughs> Chat, we like to have a little fun with our guests. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what tea is going to give y'all. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just here watching. I'm a spectator, honey. I get my little um cup and my little fuzzy slippers, and I put my feet up. <laughs> so I don't know what she's going to ask y'all. I don't know if it's going to be a question. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a live excerpt. Not quite sure. Um, but we want you to have fun with it, whatever, whatever it is. You know, I just kind of noticed that as grown-ups, I think we tend to, when we hear certain themes, um, we get really technical and we forget about mm-hmm. our creativity. 
mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat, because we want authors to be able to share their creativity but also feel it in. I think sometimes you get so wrapped up in maybe a story, you kind of get tunnel vision a little bit, and you forget to be creative. You forget to be outside of the books. So we do this just to just to be able to show our readers your creative creative side. Um, I think it might oh, wow. be just a question tonight, but we're gonna we're gonna start with a row. I'm ready, and, and just so you know, Ro is nasty, and she likes to kill people too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I like that. Thanks for that little heads up, Leash. But ladies, once again, thank you so much for joining Leash and I here on this chat tonight. We understand that time is precious, and any time that you can share with us and our listening audience, we so appreciate it. But with that little intro that Lisa just gave about your pen roll, um, I want you guys to pray off each other, and I want you to pray to the strength of your pen, to the strength of your talent. So, Ro, we're going to start off with you because you're going to set the scene, and I'm going to give you two props, and I want um, Roxanne to take it to the limits, and that means take it to time mm-hmm. travel. I want you to travel it about 10 years from now, um, Ro- Roxanne, but, Ro, we're going to gonna start off with, with your nasty pen. You're going to see. Uh, Ro, I want you to take your leading character from him, and I want you mm-hmm. to give him two props to toss to Roxanne, and those props are an axe and some high-heels waterproof, waterproof boots because we don't know what the temperature and what the weather's going to be like 10 years from now. So we want you to use those props and toss it off to our stand so she can take us into the future. She can. <laughs> Please let my stand go first. Oh, my goodness. I'm right. You know what? I'm listening just to follow instructions. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and don't be nervous, y'all. You guys can take it and spin it in any direction that you want. Mm-hmm. You, you guys can control the character. You control we the We should outcome. all travel in time. We should all travel in time and enjoy life, yes. all of us. Yes, exactly. Enjoy it. <laughs> so, oh, <my> <laughs> I'm ready, bro, because I, I know what she can do, y'all. I know what she can do. And so I'm just ready to experience that. But you can take those. You can take the props. Again, she said use your character from him. From him. You can use the scene from him. Oh, I mean, it could oh. whatever direction you want to take it in. <laughs> okay. Just have fun. Uh, okay, I gotta figure this one out. <laughs> you guys got me so nervous. Okay. <laughs> so I just, I just start with where I'm, I'm going. <laughs> anywhere. You okay, can start you anywhere. However you, you want to do it. An axe and some boots, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I will, I'm going to try to take a scene from him. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. So, okay. My eyes grew frantically large when I suddenly heard my father's footsteps approaching my bedroom door. 
I sat over in the corner of the room on the floor with my knees pulled close to my chest, a frightened little 12-year-old boy. He'd been joking all week long that he was going to make a man out of me, and I knew exactly what that meant. That's what scared me the most. He knew, I knew he would stop at no length to make sure I would continue on with his legacy as he saw fit. See, my father was the type of man that believed money, power, and prestige meant everything in life. But that also meant controlling the women in your life. I swallowed the huge lump in my throat realizing that there was no way of getting around it all. He felt like everything started with controlling a woman. He felt that if you could conquer and control the women in your life, then you had control over everything else. I wasn't sure if he could tell that although I pretended like I heard everything he said, I I wasn't fully comprehending a bit of it until this very moment. He grabbed me by my arm as my crocodile tears poured from my eyes and started to drag me towards the bedroom. That's where he would entertain all of his random women while my mother was hardworking. He stopped dead in his tracks right before hitting the door and picked up both of my arms when he saw the tears rolling down my face. Man up, little boy. Cut out all of this sissiness. I told you no son of mine is going to be weak, so drop your tears and get ready. Besides, you'll see in a few minutes that you'll like it a lot, and you'll have a grown-ass woman right in the palm of your hand. Your father is going to teach you exactly what they like. He made me take a couple of swigs of his beer and then opened the door. She was laying there, full-grown and full-butt-ass naked. I'd heard her. I'd seen her before. She was one of my, I'm sorry, she was one, she was one of, of, she was so much of a woman that I've never seen that much of a woman before. My mother never even allowed us to see her without a house coat on. When we entered the room, he took a seat in his favorite chair. And his axe was sitting right there beside. I wasn't sure what he was going to do with it or what why it was even there. But I I I waited and waited to see what was going to happen. I wanted to cry again, but I also feared the beating that I would receive from him if I did. So I tried my best to suck it up. The lady looked at me. She said, hey, sweetie, don't be scared. Everything is going to be just fine. Next thing I knew, I'm sorry. That's okay. Next thing I knew, she kissed kissed my lips. It wasn't like the, the kiss you received from your mother, of course. This old lady put her tongue in my little mouth, and I immediately wanted to choke. She kissed me hard, and I could have vomited any minute from it all. Why don't you back away? Why don't you lay back, Marie? <laughs> Why don't you lay back, Marie, and I'll tell him what to do. I heard my father instruct her from across the room. For it to be the middle of the day, the room was dark, except for one flicker of light from my mother's scented candles. That's what I tried to focus on, that one candle. It just happened to be my mother's favorite scent and made me think of her. That seemed to calm me down. I stood there on the side of my bed, my little 12-year-old naked body shaking and damn near wanting to die, or better yet, wishing that he was dead. My father then told me to get closer to the bed and put her breast in my mouth. 
She cupped her right breast and told me to suck real hard on the nipple. I did as told, and as I listened to her start to make all these weird sounds, I I hated this and practically wanted to bite down on her nipple and rip it off. I could tell, though, that they were both enjoying every bit of it. She kept moaning and touching herself as my father watched and instructed and instructed and smoked a cigarette after cigarette. Then he told me to climb on the bed and put my face where I wasn't ready to go. My breathing became heavy as I gasped for what little, whatever little air was inside of the room. My head was spinning in circles as I heard her say, come on, baby, take in mama. And my daddy was saying, take care of her son. Show her what a quarter man is really made of. That's when it all happened. The door slung open, and all I could remember was the sound of a loud bang and blood splattering all over me, me, her, and the walls. Get over here, Harrison, my mother called out as she stood there shaking and trembling with the gun pointed now at my father. He stood up slowly and started to laugh at her as he picked up the axe. What the fuck did you just do, woman? Shut the fuck up and don't take a step toward me or Harrison, or I'll blow your fucking brains out too. They both stood there looking intensely at one another as I held on for dear life to my mother around her waist. A few seconds later, he broke the silence in the room. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> Child, what, what book is that from? <laughs> Very emotional. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you. what? Okay, Roxanne yeah. is going to take us to the future, girl. Let's, let's, come on, Roxanne. Let's, let's see. Let's, let's add your part to it. Pick it up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne is like, where do I go with this? <laughs> Roxanne, yeah. Roxanne yeah. said the mother that already took care of everything. <laughs> no. Oh, Tell me, guys, how, how do I... How how do I do next? Um, yeah, okay, I'm open to so any suggestions. We can brainstorm. Okay, so we can brainstorm it. Okay, so the mom she stops, right? So she stops, and so since she stops, we know that somebody is dead. Harrison is young. He experienced something that was traumatic. Mm-hmm. His father was holding an axe, and his mama had a gun. So if you were to take that into the future, I would say I would take Harrison into the future, thinking back on that trauma, mm-hmm. tra- traumatic experience in his childhood, right? And then like go twenty years there. later, mm-hmm. like twenty years later, like what would that experience be? How would you have? To, how would you feel that way? What type of um, behavior would he have in in relationships with women? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to do something different with Roxanne. Because <laughs> I understand <laughs> Roxanne. So we're going to do yeah. this. If, um, if you can write an anthology, right, and you can have three authors 
in that anthology, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, dead or alive. Uh, J.K. Rowling, because I love Harry Potter so much. I think uh, every time I... Uh, like read or just watch Harry Potter. I want my character to be like Hermione Granger because they, Andrew Thompson and Hermione Granger are both smart people. So mm-hmm. definitely J.K. Rowling. Mhm. Two more. Uh, two more. <laughs> so, uh, Mitch Album and um, Dan Brown because uh, Mitch Album is my favorite author and Dan Brown. Um, I love her. I love his uh. Robert Landon theory. Ooh, I like Mitch album too. Oh yeah, I uh, Timekeeper by Mitch album is my favorite book because she was able to um connect three characters in the story, which is so fascinating. Okay, I oh, love one more. It. Uh, on what um probably in the future and in the past, like one of them uh. One character is related to this character, and one character is going to change this one's character. So basically, it's going to change all the future. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah. Well, we so appreciate you guys coming and kicking with us in the chat room. Now, um, we want you to shout out all of your social media where everyone can get all of your books and any events that you're going to be going to. Okay. Um, which one should go first? Um, you can go first, Roxanne. Oh, okay. Um, they can follow me on Twitter. It's um, SJ Roxanne on Facebook. Just search Roxanne Sanuse and they can find me. And on Instagram, it's Roxanne underscore Sanuse. Awesome. And Ro? All Thank right. you. And Ro? Well, on Facebook and Instagram, I am author Ro Chamberlain. Just R-O Chamberlain, C-H-A-M-B-E-R-L-A-I-N. Um, and then I have my personal website as well, www.rochamberlain.com. Any events? Uh, mm. Let's see. I do have an event coming up. I don't have all of the details uh, in regards to it, but it's myself and two of my classmates from high school that are authors as well. We're uh, doing a book signing in St. Louis in October, and I'm hoping to do a book signing here in Chicago in my new home um, later this year. But like I said, I don't have all of the details to both just yet, but just keep in touch with my Facebook and my Instagram, and all of the details will be there. Well, when you do, just make sure you tag us so that we can share it out. Okay. Definitely. We so thank you guys for sharing your time with us tonight. As Vicky and I said at the start of the show, time is so precious, and you guys sharing it with us and, and, and just sharing it with our listeners, we so appreciate you for it. Thank well, thank you, you so much I'm for so having us. I you. love you guys. It's nice to meet you, Ro. Nice to meet you guys as well. And, and this is your home. You guys are welcome back anytime. Thank, Thank you. you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it that we have. 
We appreciate you. Thank you so very much, Roxanne. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We thank you for always listening to our show and just supporting what we do. We appreciate you for that. Mhm. Me too. Thank you. You guys have a good Once night. Again. Okay. You too. You too. Thank you. What a great show, Lisa. I so enjoyed those ladies. Absolutely, team. I love it when we have just a diverse amount of authors in. I think creativity goes across the way. That book that Ro had, honey, I'm like, wait a minute, what book is that? And I already sent my inbox. What book is that from? <laughs> well, oh, no, where can right? I get that? What, 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 what story is that from? <laughs> I but love you know, it. That's one thing perfect. we love doing. We draw out, and like you said at the start of our, our little, uh, the end of our show, shenanigans, if you want to call it, but we have fun with it. We're drawing out the creativity of their plan, Leash, and it's fun to hear it and see it unfold. <laughs> I definitely agree. I definitely agree. We have our next fabulous guest coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. Let me tell y'all, I saw her interview on Cyrus Ribs show. Mm-hmm. But her personality, y'all, is just a whole nother level, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that she is a go-getter. I love mm-hmm. the, the, the passion that she has uh, for her books and her, her mm-hmm. craft. And so I'm excited to have her in here to come and talk that talk with us. And it's the fabulous Felicia Kelly Brickens. Welcome. Oh, my God. You made me sound so fabulous. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. We We are so happy. Thank you so much. Yes, exciting, exciting. Okay, so you guys tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey. Okay, let's see. My literary journey started, um, I would say, in 2016. Um, well, mm-hmm. it started before these. I've always been someone um, that was, I would say, kind of good with words, you know, rhymes, and being being a little slick at the mouth, you know, coming. <laughs> that was me. I was a little slick at the mouth. And so um, I love to read. And so it's kind of for me like a progression. Okay, so I love to read. I love to write. Um, I majored in journalism in school. And I think that one day I kind of I, I went to a stage play, I watched a stage play, and in my mind I said, I think I could do that. And it just progressed from writing down an idea for the stage play to I can write a book. And what I can do with this book is it can be a fiction book, but it also have sprinkles of truth in it. And mm-hmm. I'm a night owl. So I sit down on my couch one night, and I said, okay, Holy Ghost, download, and I just started typing. That's really how it happened. I just started typing. And one thing I love about fiction is that you can take it in any direction that you want it to go. 
True. And so that that is what I did. I started just um, writing. I started Christian fiction because I wanted to um, come from the standpoint of where I am now in my life and some things that I know um, in my journey getting here. And even mm-hmm. pull for some things from my past to put together um, a book that I believe has so many platforms in it that so many people can relate to. All right, now, now this is Tony um, Felicia. We're going to try to differentiate between the two of us because we've been told that we sound so much alike. But you've already touched upon your pen. So as a reader, what can we expect from the pen of author Felicia Terry Brookins? Well, what you can expect is even though my book, uh, my genre is Christian fiction, it's really Christian reality, so I think you should be expecting me to kind of jolt you or shock you just a little bit with my character. Mm-hmm. Um, you can two more books, because this is a trilogy. This is my very first. Fascinating um, Ways is my first Christian fiction, but I call it Christian reality. Um, you can expect a little in my book, some parts that are kind of um, but overall, I think you can mm-hmm. uh, my writing, um, I think, causes the reader to say, oh, my God, am I strong enough or courageous enough to do a self-evaluation of myself because, oh, my God, this could be me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. We're getting a little Look, bit translation. of, um, I'm not sure about you, I know, right, Lisa? I'm not sure about you, Lisa, but I'm getting a little distortion in her, in her um, yeah, just dialogue. I just want to make sure that our listeners are getting the full effect of what you're saying. And for those that may not be familiar with that particular writing, Christian fiction or Christian reality, just give us a little bit about what that is in case someone wants to one-click your book this evening. Okay, well, um, I was let me let me say this. When when I when I originally say this book is Christian fiction, that's my genre. Most right. people when I say that they think, Okay, well this is a book that's just gonna be all about oh how I just oh I pray to God just help me do this, help me do that, God, I promise I'll be better Lord if you just pull me through this valley, I'm gonna be just fine and God I'll never do this wrong and Lord and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus and hub above a Cadillac and all that stuff. <laughs> You know, they think it's going to be one of those, and they think it's going to be this book with, oh, we're going to have all this inspiration inside of it, and inspiring, right. encouraging words. And then I think it's Christian fiction, okay, but it's really Christian reality, because in this book, you're not going to get that. My main character in this book, Sister Nadine Simmons, who is the head usher of Greater Trials Missionary Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Oh.
And I oh. operate at the front door, and so I run the usher board. You dress how I say. You look the way that I tell you to look, and you don't even speak to the pastor or first lady unless I ask you to or tell you to. Oh, oh, she's wow. my Listen, listen, Sister Anderson, Bernice Anderson, yes, yes, you ma'am, the one that's listening, honey, she's telling your business. Yes, Usher Boy, she's telling y'all business, y'all business is in this book. Look at page page 85, I guarantee, right, I guarantee, you're going to see a resemblance of you, because she at church watching, she watching y'all, y'all going to end up in her book. I'm at church watching, and and for these these I call her the saint that ain't. Oh, that's mm-hmm. my character. She is the saint that ain't. Right. Sister Nadine said, "Like that, you don't want to put her hands on because when she puts uh-huh. her hands on people, they end up in the MEA, Uh-oh. or they end up in the ICU." <laughs> but of course, I she's a it. so it's all of it's their fault, you know. And with me saying. Don't expect part of the of Greater Trials Missionary Church is mm-hmm. an abuser. So I always ask oh. church members, does your church have a plan when the domestic abuse victim is a man and they get silent for about a good two or three seconds? And then they say, Ooh, no. Because they weren't mm-hmm. expecting that. But Sister right. Nadine runs her household like she runs her church. She in charge. See, that's Christian. Okay. They don't want to. They don't want to talk about that or expose that. But you really got some things that ain't that's at the at the door greeting people when they come in. And you really mm-hmm. got people that don't know that ministry begins at home. But every time the church door opens, they're there. All right, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Yes, good. Look, I was so excited. That was that was that was a double click. Child, you better talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got our. We gonna bring in our next guest. I want you to hold that thought. We gonna bring in our next guest. Chronic Black. He about to kick it in. He about to kick in this chat room door again. Uh-oh. We love when he comes on the show. That's a whole new experience. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hey. Welcome. How are you? Hey, How you been? I'm all right. I'm all right. Where's Tony at? I'm right here. I'm right here. Tony, Tony, we got to do our introduction. You know the introduction. Oh, you, got, you remember what it is, right? All, all hell, Eli. All hell, Eli. There we go. <laughs> Creative Kitchen since the last time you kicked it in the chat room. Man, I got a, I had a lot of stuff that's been going. I just I just had a new book that came out recently under my other pen name, T B Scott. Um it's called mm-hmm. it's a short story book, it's called Colorblind. And it's just basically okay. dealing with um usually when people do stuff on interracial couple, they usually romanticize the interracial relationship. But I wanted to do a different twist on it and deal with more of the racism that comes from the family and friends when you have two people in a mixed relationship. You have the wife who's Gina O'Connor. She's twenty she's thirty three years old. She's a biracial chick. She has a black father and an Irish mother and she's married to a white guy. But her, his mm-hmm. family doesn't approve of her. 
and her cousin doesn't necessarily approve of his of her relationship with him. He's more, I don't want to say he's like the pro-black type, but he's more like the black people should be with black people type of person. He, I mean, it, 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 it really goes into it. Wow. You know, uh, Chronic, uh, I don't know, what are we going to call you tonight? Because you have, like, how many names? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, well, I got Chronic Black. I got T.B. Scott. Those are my two pen names. And I have uh, Facebook's most habitual repeat offender. Okay. And with, and with all those wrapped up, you know, with today's society, and especially, especially with the racial undertone, how has your book been received by, by, by readers? Um, you know what? It's crazy because when when you I think when people look at the cover, like you said, with the racial undertones, I think when they see oh. the cover, either some people think he's pushing an interracial agenda in the black community, or he's against it. Really, the book is mm-hmm. not either one. It's just telling someone's story and their experience of them being in a mixed relationship. But mm-hmm. I, I think when people see that, they just have a preconceived notion what it is. And let's face it, we live in a society right now. No one wants to hear the truth no more. They, you know. That's true. That's right. That's right. Now I have a question for both of you guys. When you guys sat down, because you guys really have drawn from reality uh, and everyday things that we all experience in our community, whether it's uh, interracial relationship, whether it's it's going to church and and being able to to um, know that Christians are human just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. What was that process, like when you sat down to write that first word in that book, what was going through your mind um, when you decided to pen it? And we'll start with Felicia. Uh, what was going through my mind? Um, oh, my God, I'm really going to do this. I would say, and I had a huge butterfly in the middle of my stomach. Ooh. But uh, I knew that I I had to do it because, as I said earlier, this is fiction, but it has a sprinkle of truth. And so, oh, my God, I'm going to do this, and this is going to have mm-hmm. part of me in it. That's what went through my mind. Mm-hmm. And Chronic? Um, actually, this was, supposed to, this was supposed to have been part of a, um, an anthology series we were doing a while back. But the right. anthology never came out, and I really didn't want to do anything on interracial couples or anything like that until I was one day watching um a year ago the MTV Music Awards and Pink was performing and she was doing um one of her songs she was doing What About Us, and if you ever heard the song and you listen to the lyrics of the song, I was like wow, and for some reason like the words just started coming to me for this book, but when I wrote the book I didn't want to do it in a way that was like preaching to people or having an agenda to it. I just wanted to be able to tell an effective story because there's a lot of people with interracial relationships, and I'm sure they go through their, their spats of racism in their relationship. So I just wanted to tell uh-huh. that story. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. This is Tony. I want to just say, you know, you know, you know, you know, Chronic, that I follow you, and I see a lot of uh, responses to not just your books, but sometimes the posts that you that you make. How important is it to make sure that people understand where you're coming from for those that may not be familiar with it, you know, because sometimes you have to educate people on what it is that, and why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, social media, you can use social media for anything. You can use social media to have fun. You can use mm-hmm. social media to put a message out there. And I'm, 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 all, I'm all for having fun, don't get me wrong, but right. I think we're dumbing ourselves down just a little bit, and sometimes you need a message out there to, you know, keep people on top of what's going on in the world. And mm-hmm. so when I'm writing these posts, I, I try to write it and explain it where it doesn't come off like I'm badgering something or I'm just saying this is just the way I see it, this is the way it is, and that's the end of it. No, it's, it's right. open for dialogue. We, we, can, we can agree to disagree. Everyone doesn't disagree. We we have our arguments sometimes about it, but you you got to look at the. My biggest thing in the nutshell is you got to open your eyes and look at what's going on in front of you. Too many times as people, we want to look at things for how we want them to be instead of looking mm-hmm. at what's right in front of our faces. And that's what I be trying to get people to understand. It's not trying mm-hmm. to be on a pro-black woke vibe or anything like that. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, it's a lot going on in this world. I think we might want to be paying attention to. If we can do all these stupid challenges on social media, then, you know, we need to smarten ourselves up some. Because whether you realize it now, we are in some kind of a war right now. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's so true. And sometimes, this is still Tony, I'm sorry, but sometimes people are emboldened behind a keyboard. You know, they may not necessarily feel or say or, or portray certain certain aspects in person. You know, behind the keyboard, you could be any and everybody. Yeah. Well, this is me all the time. <laughs> this, this, is, it really this is. This is me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody ain't, what's the saying? Everybody ain't who they supposed to be. Oh. That's a good one. I like that post to be. <laughs> now, I have a question for you guys. Now, Felicia, I want to start with you. How have you seen yourself grow? Because being in the church and you, you're writing about the church and you're writing the reality uh, about what a lot of people hide in the church. But in that process of you researching and learning and gaining, as an author how, and, and as a person, as a woman, how have you seen yourself grow? throughout that process for you? Uh, I would say uh, one of the, the, the greatest area where I've seen myself grow is more awareness of, I would say, my role and responsibility as a woman, um, as a nurturer, because in this process, writing this book about this character it made me have to clearly think about and see what my responsibility is uh, to my household uh, in my role as a wife, um, in my role as a mother. Uh, it has grown me to be more self-aware, more conscious of the things I say, the things I do, um, how I respond, and how those things affect my husband and my son, especially me saying I'm a woman of God, you know, uh, saying that I have to realize there is a huge responsibility that goes with there, and there is an expectation that is set of people when I say that. So it has made me more aware of what I say again, who I am, and, and what responsibility I have and the impact that I have in the lives of others. 
um, by this choice that I have made um, to be this woman of God, to be this kingdom citizen uh, that I profess and confess to be. And it's also made me a lot bolder and even more um, someone that's more of a matter of fact. You know, to the point that some people will say, well, you know, why would you want to paint that picture of the church? Because it's the truth. It's not every church, maybe. It's not the entire congregation, but there are some people there that are like that. And so I am at the point now where uh, in this process I am bold enough just to say that and to stand up for the fact that this is the truth. It may not always feel good or sound good, but it's the truth. Wow, now Felicia, this is Tony, and I just want to expound. Wait, you got to get chronic, see? Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> chronic. How have you grown um, when you sat down to to pen this book? How have you grown just as a man and an author? Um, age, pretty much. You know, as, as you're supposed to get, you're supposed to get a little bit wiser as you get older. And I'm not saying I'm the wisest person in the world, but you can't still be thinking the same way you was back when you were in your early 20s or your early 30s. You're supposed to have a different outlook on life. So you you start mm-hmm. seeing things differently, like, for instance, with this book. I'm still not really a big fan of mixed dating relationships, but to each his own. Whatever, whatever makes you happy is what makes you happy, you know. But I think we as artists, we have a responsibility to tell them, tell a story and get a message out there. And everything we do is nothing more than a reflection on life. So we have to put ourselves that reflects where we are in life right now. And that's what I try to do with my book. All right. That's interesting. What I was going to say, this is Tony. You know, I want to ask Felicia, as a result of you being more aware of who you are, on this journey, how has your circle changed, or has it changed, and how have they perceived you as a result of that awareness? Were you asking me a question? Yes. <laughs> I, okay, can, if you don't mind, can you repeat it? As, look, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm in my church right now, so. <laughs> oh. so can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> No problem at all. You know, you speak of your awareness um, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, with this journey that you have taken. How has your circle changed, or even if it has changed, and how have they received you as a uh, result of your awareness of who you are? Um, I would say that my my circle really has been uh, very supportive. Uh, My circle has been very uh, they read the book and say, is that me? Is that me? Is that him? That must be him. That must be her. So they are very interested. Um, and so far I haven't had uh, in my personal circle a lot of uh, negativity or pushback about it. I've just gotten a lot of support. I've gotten questions and inquiries, you know, about what part of this is true or is many of this true or what, what made you do this? You know, and so um, I think I got a little bit of shock from just a few people, not mm-hmm. so much because of um, of writing the book as much as them realizing that, you know, it, there are some parts in this book that actually uh, can relate 
uh, to you that are personal for you because I always tell them, again, it's fiction, but it's sprinkled with truth. And so they're a little shocked at some parts of the book um, and some of the aggressive nature maybe of the character. Um, but mostly I've gotten support, haven't had any just major pushback from anyone in my circle. I keep my circle mm-hmm. pretty small, though, too, Tony. You know, it's selected people get in the circle. <laughs> All right. That's a small train to try to to try to try board. <laughs> <laughs> and chronic, as a result of your writing, has your circle changed? And um, has it changed the, the reception or, or how people even approach you because they have read your book and kind of get a feeling of what it is that they think you may may feel? No, I don't, I don't think it really changed anything because the same thing I talk about in my books is the same thing I talk about in my posts. So you, you're pretty much getting the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm about to start mm-hmm. telling people, if you, like, if you like my Facebook post, y'all should really buy my books. You'll really love those because I'm really trying to mm-hmm. get those sales up. So it's it's the same. There's really no difference. And it's with my circle. I'm pretty much a state of myself type of person, so I don't have that big of a circle anyway. It's like like mm-hmm. like like she just said. It's a small select few in my circle, but it was never that big anyway to begin with. So I don't have to really worry about that. Mhm. Okay, that's interesting. Very interesting. And as a and as an author, you know, we asked um, Felicia earlier. This is still Tony. I'm sorry. I try to remember who I am. But Chronic, how have how has your life changed since you've become an author? Even has it do you feel it has changed? Um, pretty much it's still the same right now, you know. It's just it's just still working hard and grinding, still trying to get my name out there and just still trying to bring awareness to these books. Um the thing you gotta realize is especially if it's like any if you have any new authors that's listening right now, you got mm-hmm. a lot of people that's the book industry, let's just be real, it's oversaturated about a million and one authors out here right now you know some people are good at what they do some people respect the craft other people just see it as a way to hustle and get some money you know Mm -hmm. you you got to take into consideration i've been in this business going on seven years now august will be seven years you Mm -hmm. might not come out the gate right away being successful it's a, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know. It may take you a few years before you reach the level that you really want to go to. All you need is really this is that one book to catch on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think some people get frustrated because they want the success right away. Like my biggest pet mm-hmm. peeve is when I see Facebook posts and they say, do you write for the money or do you write for the joy? And I'm going to say everyone lies. Everyone says I write for the pure entertainment of it. You can write for the entertainment of it, but just keep it real. You write for the money too. Because mm-hmm. everyone that's doing this would love to make money doing this full-time. You can't do this full-time if you're not making money. You can right. love what you do and have a passion what you do and still make money. I write for the passion and the money of it. I'm not going to sit here and lie to readers and be like, no, I just write strictly for the passion to get brownie points mm-hmm. with the readers. No, I'm, I'm not trying to get brownie points with the readers. Like I said, what you see is what you get. I write because I love it, and I also mm-hmm. like to do this full-time and get paid to do it as well. You know, but mm-hmm. I understand it does take time because you have so many authors out there, and it's just you, you just got to be patient. Mhm, that's so true. That this is still Tony. I want to ask the both of you. You know, this weekend, Leisha and I were both busy on in two different states, but it was all about 
authors and 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 writing. You know, I spoke to uh, Nene Capri. I had an interview with her on Saturday, and you speak um, chronic about you know wanting to get paid for what it is that you do. Do you think that authors going into the business today really understand the the concept, the the impact of books as a business? Because a lot of people don't really understand or, or research, which is our topic tonight, the business side of being an author. How important it to you, and we're going to start with Felicia, how important is it to you knowing the business side of being an author? Um, the biz, For me, the business, understanding the business side of it is, is crucial. Um, I would say... Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crucial, especially when you write a book and realize that this one book can bring about multiple streams of income for me. Mm-hmm. If I strategize this correct, if I hustle the way I should, if I collaborate and network the way I should, and it is a business, and so with it being a business, you want your business to be taken seriously, to be respected. You want it to have a brand and an image that looks polished and professional to people, and you want to have an image that people say, I like even just the personality of the person. I I like hearing that person speak. I like being around that person. All of that is important, being personable when it comes to business. Mm -hmm. Making decisions about where you want your brand is important when it comes to business, the same as it is with a book. So it is crucial that you understand a book is a business, and it can go in several different ways, and there is a lot of work involved. The easy part, Mm -hmm. I always say, is writing the book. The work comes once you've done that, because it could just sit in a box and go nowhere. That's right. Oh. We talk about that here on the show. And what about you, Chronic? How do you feel about understanding and knowing the business side of, of being an author? It's, I mean, this is this is the entertainment business, and it's 10% entertainment, and it's 90% business. Mm. You have to learn the business. I remember when I first started out, one of the people that I was really connected to a lot was Keisha Green, and one of her keywords mm-hmm. is research. Research, research, research. You can't do it enough. When you first come into business, you got to understand you don't know everything like you think you know everything. And as she was just explaining, this is your brand, so you have to take your brand seriously. Like a quick example was, are any of you familiar with this group on Facebook called the Writers Group? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I I hate that group, by the way, but it was one author. He... He, he he promoted a street fiction novel in there, and you mm-hmm. know he was getting he, he was really getting slammed for it, you know. And I was trying to tell him, like, dude, you really got to know your audience. This is not that audience for street fiction book. The people in this group don't know anything about street culture. They're probably mm-hmm. not even interested in street culture. You have to learn your audience, market to your audience, you know. Do mm-hmm. you know? Get, get your book in different outlets on, on different social media sites. If you can get it in the bookstores, get it in the bookstores as well. But here's the thing that people don't know about bookstores. This is part of knowing the business. You can have a book in the bookstore, but if it ain't moving units within, I say, maybe a month, a lot of bookstores just take your book out, all, out off the shelves altogether, and then you're right, right back to where you started. But if you don't know the business aspect, you think that's going to the book 
mm-hmm. going to promote your books. If you're signed to a major label or an ebook label, they're not necessarily going to promote you that hard all the way either. You still have to promote mm-hmm. yourself. As she said, writing a book is the easy part. Getting out there, promoting it, creating your brand, being wary of how the readers see you, all that plays into your brand. So when you have this stuff like with authors beefing back and forth and all this other stuff going on, that's part of your brand. And I don't want to support somebody that's always in drama, that's always got something going on because that's how I see you. And I don't want to read your book because of the negative vibe you carry. That's part of business as well. Mm-hmm. That's so true. All right. And Can I'm glad that right quick you and just say, Tony, yep. you are preaching, baby. You are preaching. <laughs> we try, we try, girl. We try. That's what Lisa and I try to do. <laughs> you made me put my hand in the air and say, shut right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all know that here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun. So. You know, I don't, I don't, I just relax and enjoy the fun. I don't participate. Uh, Tony does all of that. Um, so whatever she gives y'all, hey, I'm ready. Um, we just want you to sit back. We want you to have a good time. Uh, we want you to let the creative juices flow. And I'm ready. Should I be scared? I'm scared. I'm scared. Don't worry, you guys got this in the bag. And just use your imagination and just let it flow. But first of all, guys, thank you so much for joining Lisa and I here on this chat tonight. We have so enjoyed you guys. And uh, don't forget, this is your home. You're welcome back anytime. But we love hearing our guest creative juices flow. Instantaneous, spontaneous, however way you want to do it. And I'm going to give you each two props, and I want you to play off of each other. And um, Felicia, your two props. And it's just a live excerpt. You know, you can take it from your favorite book, your favorite characters. You can combine it all. But, Felicia, your two props, one is a straight jacket, and the other one is <laughs> the other one is a whip. And, Chronic, your two props, you know I got to go sports. Yours is a football. And the other one is an ice cube. And I want you guys to combine those awesome, awesome four props and give us a little live excerpt of your pen. <laughs> Whoa. Ladies first. Oh. oh, well, Tony, I was about to pop this whip and say, I want you to speak and speak now. Oh. <laughs> Be quick about it, Tony. I don't have time for you to think about it and hesitate. Don't stutter. Come on with it. Because if I come out of this straight jacket, Tony, you won't like it. Speak, Tony. I think the cat got his tongue. Tony, you better speak. <laughs> Do you hear the sound of that in the air, Tony? Don't back into the corner now. You brought this straight jacket in here. And I'm going to use it on you if you don't speak and speak now. Lady, excuse me. Oh, I love it. 
be the man you were when you walked through the door with the football. Oh, it's on me now? It's on oh. you. Uh-oh, okay. Mm. Why do I feel like I'm on Jimmy Kimmel oh, right now? That
you haven't necessarily verbalized that to your teammate, right? You haven't okay. you haven't verbalized that whatever you have on for men. Is that mm-hmm. uh, is that to be true sometimes for men? Um, you know, every man is different. You know, every man is different. I know with me, I'm, this is a hard one to go on because I, I know some. Mm, I'm just gonna say every man is different. Some men are more dominating in the way they have their message come out. Some are a little bit mm-hmm. more passive. It depends on the man that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can't okay. take the way that they're saying it. You just gotta listen to what mm-hmm. they're saying. True. Mm-hmm. And then Felicia, for for a woman, when we communicate and, you know, a lot of times men say we black women are aggressive or black women are too aggressive. Is it that we are aggressive, in your opinion, or is it that we are, lack, our relationship is lacking a form of communication that we're not getting? Um, for example, a woman that takes charge. Most of the time, she she's looking for her man to come with a plan. Would you say that that would be true? I would say for a woman that takes charge, we are first of all very passionate. We are mm-hmm. passionate. Um, we like to put it together and get it to moving and get it to going. And yes, we actually really love it when our man decides he wants to take charge of it and get it going for us and put it all together and make it work. Because if we have to do it, we know that we can, but for women like us, we prefer that you do it because if we get the pants, we might not get them back. But that's a part of our passion. You lose the pants, the belt, and the drawers. You might not want to do that. So when it comes to a woman that's passionate, you want to jump out in front and lead the way and just feed her passion, but you want to do the things that she wants to have done. And then she can sit back and be passionate and loving at the same time. And you can keep your pants, your belt, and your draw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Hey. But you, but you know, can I, can, I ask, can I add something to that? Go ahead, Please do. Please no, I was going to say. No, what she's saying is true, but I want to add to it. Sometimes you got to find a man that has that same passion as well. A lot of guys mm-hmm. don't really have that same passion, but right. there are men out there that do have it. I think for the ones that don't have it, sometimes you got to look at the, the dynamics of how they might have grew up. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys that grew up in single, especially a lot of guys that grew up in single parent households, especially where it's just the mother around, there's no, there's no male figure around, period, no uncles or anything, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit more emotional. So they don't really have a plan. They're more dependent on a woman because mom always takes care of them. If you look at a brother and a sister combination, the mother mm-hmm. will always sometimes teach the girl, teach the girl how to survive, how to get, how to go about handling her business, how to do everything she needs to do as a woman. But they usually tend to sometimes, not everybody, but they usually sometimes tend to baby the boy. So a lot of guys become dependent on the female, but they can't really depend. Mm-hmm. They can't really deal with an aggressive woman. They want someone that's more of a nurturer. So you got to find you a man that has that same aggressive drive that you have. You need you a male lion. You know you can't you 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 can't get a pussy cat. You got to get to a male lion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
I like that correlation, like though. That, 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 that makes you think. <laughs> she calling you, Tony. <laughs> it's interesting you said that because I'm a Leo. You know, that's a lion. So, yeah, I need a lion. Oh, all right. We taking it zodiac side. <laughs> But you know what, though, I'm glad I want to jump in. I'm glad that she said that because that that's along the lines of what she said. Because I think that a lot of times, um, even if you look at, they'll say, alpha males, that's mm-hmm. just really a strong man, a man that's really strong. He's really um, he knows what he wants and how he wants it, and but a woman. She can be strong as well. She knows what she wants, mm-hmm. how she wants it, and how to play it out. But it's hard mm-hmm. to be with a man that um, is not as dominating. It, it, it does make, I believe, it makes that relationship difficult. Yes. But being with a strong man, it also makes that relationship difficult because when you're used to running everything and when you're used to making the plays and when you're used to planning it out because we're going to say we're going to say 75% maybe 80% of men most of the time they've planned it in their head but they don't have that communication skill to be able to share it with their partner so therefore you got the plan in your head but you don't know how to verbalize it yet you have a female that needs you to verbalize a plan don't just say we're not going to do this Why? what's the plan because if if you waiting and waiting and waiting, by that time a female is searching for that plan, right? So you have to have a man that is on that level, but the flip side and the the rough side to that is the submission part. Um, being able to submit to each other. You know, a lot of times yeah. men think that it's women that have to submit, but in a, a healthy relationship. The man and the woman, you both have to be able to submit to each other. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're used to being in that strong, strong role, it's hard to do so. What do you think about that, Chronic? You're pretty much right on point with that. Um, if If you ever look at how lions operate, they operate as a cohesive unit. The females, they go out and they hunt the food. But the way they line things up, like... Lions have this weird way of communicating on how they're going to do their attack, how they're working together as a team. and But it, it works for them. They're all on the same page. They're all on that same wavelength. The male lion, his job is to protect the pride. For any intruder lions that come on, he has to protect them. He eats first. Even though women kill for the food, the male lion will eat first, even though they did all the work. But he's still protecting them. Cause he, you know, but everyone knows their part. Everyone knows their role. No one oversteps their boundaries. But sometimes when you have two strong, headstrong people, sometimes you can butt heads. So y'all got to find that common ground. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can I, can I also just add, um, also I think with a, with, with a woman, especially with black women, not only are we passionate, but when you're dealing also with a man that is very, very passionate and, and, you know, just takes his role and knows how he wants things, as a woman, we have to also be strategic. You know, because like you said, when you have two strong people in a relationship, it can sometimes cause problems, but you have to be strategic in how you go about 
um, as, as, as she mentioned, submitting or how you go about getting things that you want also. So you can be a passionate and strategic and still get those things done. Um, and Tony talked about lions planning how they attack, how they attack. You know, that is also part of that of that passion, and I think part of, of a woman, especially uh, of a black woman, we have to be three and four steps ahead how we're going to get this done. And we, we can't wait and think about it on Monday when it's due on Monday. We start the next following week or the month for CBC or the planning things out. And protect, I would just say, uh, as a strong, passionate woman, uh, when I think of protect, when you said that, Tony, I think of me, people who know me know that uh, I will, I, I don't have to, but something in me, if I thought that you were coming at my husband in the wrong way, perhaps, then I automatically may step up front and say, hold on, hold on just a minute. You know, that's a protect mode in me. I'm that ride or die chick to the end, and my husband will say, Felicia, you know, just let me, let me, let me talk to him. Because I'm, I'm about on the table by this time, Tony, so I'm that kind of lying person, you know. Y'all pray for me. But you know, I want to add into that, and it, it might be kind of off key with what we're just talking about. But as far as with black men and black women, we got to stop this inner rivalry with each other. You see it all the time on social media, you see it every day on TV, all this, you know, with the niggas ain't shit and the bitches ain't shit and all that. Black women and women got to stop fighting amongst each other because at the end of the day, we all on the same team. We all got to be on that same wavelength, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she said something, the most feared man, the most feared, most one thing white people fear most is an educated king. And I corrected her, and I was like, I really hate this gender identity thing. I think the most powerful thing to any white supremacist is an intelligent king and a queen. Because to say, to say right. a king... It's like insinuating that the women aren't as smart, or you say that a queen is a threat. It's insinuating the king ain't smart. We're both smart. Together, mm-hmm. we are unstoppable. But we okay. gotta be on that same wavelength. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Me too. Talk that thought, Chronic. All hell. And I, and you, <laughs> but you know, and I, I bought this up because when you guys were doing the live excerpt. That's what made it come to my mind because she was a really strong character. And she was she was aggressive but it was a reason behind. Most of the time if a woman is aggressive, there's a reason behind her aggression. It's something yeah. on on the back end. Um and most of the time men don't um they don't engage that. They don't engage to say, babe, what, okay, so this is, I hear what you're saying, but they, they're not trying to engage that. So like he said, I'm going to sit on the bench over here. <laughs> you know, and they, they tend yeah. to, um, right, but you know what I'm saying? Wait, I'm, and I'm, they I'm, tend I, to I, have. I said, I said I scored the touchdown first. <laughs> <laughs> but you still, I got in the you end still zone. didn't engage it. You still didn't engage it. You started talking about football, and you, you said, I'm going to sit over here on the bench. <laughs> and I'm going to mind my business. But if you look at that in the, in, the, in the form of a relationship, that happens a lot. Most men don't know 
this is my thing. Most men, you have to know, in order to know how to love your woman, you got to mm-hmm. be able to understand your woman. And in order to love your man, you got to be able to understand your man. And most yes. of the time, we don't understand each other. So mm-hmm. it's more of a, a um, avoidance type situation where you have some some men or black men. I'm not gonna say black men. I'm not even gonna colorize it. Some men um, avoid engaging with a black woman mm-hmm. because of that that strength, because of that aggression, instead of uh, understanding that I know that it's something behind that aggression. Now, what is it? You know what I'm saying? You sure so you didn't recolor blonde? You sure you didn't recolor blonde? The same stuff that we're talking about in here is actually in the book. Really? I actually, I actually tackled some of this stuff in, later on in the book. Mm-hmm. This, this very okay. same conversation, the disconnect between black and women, I mean between black men and black women, the whole aggressiveness, it, I tackle it also in the book. That's why I say you can't mm-hmm. really look at that book with the cover and think it's just about interracial relationship. Because it's also about right. the relationship between black women and black men as well, and how do we get disconnected from one another? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now we only got a few more minutes. I want you guys to redo that scene, but I want y'all to redo it in a way where, uh, Troy, you are engaging to understand where she's coming from, and. Felicia, I want you in engaging him in a way that is um, welcoming that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, sometimes we put that up as like, uh-uh. You know, but I, I want you to, to kind of welcome him to come through. Now, now, Tony, I'm now try, Troy, I'm trying to help you out. Now you got to come with a plan now. <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't come I mean, with a plan, I mean, she's going to eat you up. You, you, I don't know what your plan is. It can't be football either. You, you can't be sitting on no bench because she's going to get you. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just going to put that out there right there. I need you to come with a plan now. <laughs> so I want y'all to redo that because what, because the way it was going, it just reminded me of the relationship between black men and women. And Mm -hmm. it happens so many times where it's really the fact that you're disappointed in something within Mm -hmm. your relationship. A lot of times relationships, uh, they have that reset moment. I don't care what the relationship is, business, personal, there's always a reset moment where um, it's going to reset itself and you guys are going to reset to understand each other, or are you going to reset to separate because it's no longer going to be a good fit? Is what I'm saying? Can I, can I, get, can so, I get two new props? Go ahead. Can I get two new props? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tony going to give you some new props. Tony going to give you some new props. Tony going to give you some new props. Yeah, All right, we're going to call that one though. more thing. We're going to leave it up. Now, no matter what the props though, Troy, I'll put this out there again. Okay. I'm going to need you to have a plan. Not just engage, but engage with the plan. Because if you don't, she's going to eat you alive. 
Now, all we're going to do is listen and laugh. I got the perfect props for you, Chronic. You ready? Okay, your two new props. All right, I'm ready. Your two new props are some red-bottom shoes and a raincoat. Red-bottoms, oh, my God. (laughs) And a raincoat. Red Come on, Tony, let's set it off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Red bottom shoes and a raincoat. All right. You ready? You know what? I don't even wear red bottom shoes, but you know what? They look good on you. They look exactly. absolutely stunning on you. They're not something that I would personally wear. But if you ask me to go out and get you some red bottom shoes, I'm not insecure enough that I can't walk in the store and ask for some red bottom shoes. I don't even know the size that you wear. Why? Because I pay attention to you. That's how I know it. I pay attention to you. Now, as far as with my raincoat, no, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, babe, that's one of the reasons I decided to give you a chance because I could just tell that you were interested in me. And and I love that about you, that you're so appreciative that you pay attention to me because I really wanted a pair of red bottoms. And I was thinking about you today, and I went to the store and I got this whip because I wanted to be a little more excitement into your life. I wanted to think about you because you're always thinking about me. And so I'm glad you got these red bottoms because, I'm going to put these on just for you because you bought them for me, and I'm going to give you this whip. And tonight is your night, and today is your day, and you can do what you like with it. However you like, I'm just going to let you enjoy yourself because tonight is all about you. And if you'd like the raincoat or if you'd like the straight jacket, it's strictly oh. up to you, darling. Oh, my. But you know what? I'm glad you appreciate what I did for you because – when you pay attention to what your woman likes and what she's into, you don't really have to ask her what she likes. But it's not about really making it a good night for me. It's really about how we vibe and how we connect in the night, whether some red-bottom shoes, whether some old-school felines. As long as we got that time together and enjoy each other's vibe, that's all that really matters. Oh, my God, I think I'm in love all over again. I just love you, Tony, hey, and do, I love my red bottoms, too. We're about to do an old-school R&B song. What you say? <laughs> Turn on the Freddy and dim the lights. <laughs> it's going to be all tonight. Oh, and could you bring me a glass of Moscato, please? Oh. I got you. Could you pick me up a pack of Easy Waters? Not only will I pick them up for you, I'll wear the raincoat when I go get them. Because I, I, I keep that on stock in the house. Just for you. Surprise. Now, wait, wait, y'all. Now, y'all see how that worked out? You now, just remember how you to be. I think now, remember how you used to love them you. and leave them. <laughs> that was nice. Oh, my goodness. Now, that's the thing. I think that in relationships, I think we get so used to the aggressive passion that comes mm-hmm. to uh, in the relationship that when you don't have it, it's like, okay, 
so he's going to give me some red bottoms. Yeah. Mhm. You know, but you're looking for that, uh. But like he, like uh, Troy was saying, you have to find somebody that's just as passionate as you are, but yeah. not mm-hmm. so passionate that they can't communicate and come down to your level without feeling, um, especially for a man, without feeling less than a man. Does yeah. that make sense? Mhm. That was fun, guys. I enjoyed that. That was I so really funny, did. y'all. <laughs> that was so funny. I feel like we know each other now, That's the spontaneity. Just, you know, we clicked. But I knew that we could work yeah. this out. <laughs> but that's the spontaneity that Alicia and I, you know, we try to strive for when we get these little live experiences. That's just like a big part of the show. You know, we want our listeners to hear the creativity of our guests instance, you know, and we so appreciate you guys for doing that with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having us and on I here. Had, well, we, and I thank y'all, and I'm sorry I went all the way to the left, but the, I was just like, I had to bring it back around because it was like, this is so, you know, and what made me think about it was earlier today my son said, uh, young black girls are so aggressive and um, mean or something he said. And I'm like, what do you need? <laughs> but listening to that, I'm like, okay, I can see that. But, you know, a lot of times there's a reason or a meaning behind our aggression. There's yeah. something behind that. Um, but mm-hmm. most of the time if a woman is strong, not that a man is timid, but uh, he can appear timid. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. when you are strong with a man that is not as strong as you, then he'll start to feel emasculated. Is that the word I want to use? Mm-hmm. He'll start to feel that. And it's not because she's doing something to um, purposely make you feel less than. A lot of times you got stuff missing on the inside. And when you got stuff missing on the inside, you can't engage. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't engage. All you can do is fall back. Yeah. And well, that makes a relationship hard. It makes the communication hard. Exactly. Like in the beginning, it was I'm going to sit on the bench. I, I'm gonna make a play, and I'm gonna <laughs> go over here and mind my business. <laughs> then it went from that to I know what it is that you want before you even ask because I pay attention. Right. I love it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys so much. Snaps and a twirl. Oh. <laughs> We appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all coming and kicking (laughs) with us in the chat room. We want you guys to shout out all of your social media, any events you have out uh, coming up, and uh, where everybody can get your book. All right. How would you like for me to start first? I don't want to come across as too strong or aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll go right ahead. Thank you so much for being so thoughtful. So, people that are interested in Sister Nadine's way, they can go to her Facebook page. It is at Sis Nadine Way. They can also find me on Facebook at author Felicia Kelly Brookins. And on August 31st, I am going to be in, I think this is Baker, Louisiana, doing my mm-hmm. very first book and biscuits event. They bring the books. I bring the breakfast, and we'll have this great discussion about my character. 
And also, um, I have a interview coming up on a different podcast on the 31st, but I am out and about, so join my Facebook page, follow it, like it, and you can see where I'm going and what I'm doing. Awesome. And so, now, King, it's your turn. I'll step back. Well, you, you, thank you very much. You're welcome. You can... <laughs> You can find me. You can find me. You can find me on Facebook at Troy Scott or on Twitter at Mr. Chronic Black. I don't have any events coming up right now, but hopefully that'll change real soon. But definitely mm-hmm. go out there and get colorblind. As under my other pen name, T. B. Scott. Also check out Blue Lives Murder. That's under my other pen name, Mr. Chronic Black. So definitely check those two books out. Awesome. Well, we guys, we hope you guys have enjoyed your Let's Chat experience. And like we said, this is your home. You guys are welcome back anytime. Y'all want to discuss something, just let Alicia and I know, and we'll make it happen. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and me and Felicia have an R&B song coming out soon. Yeah, oh. please look for it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Hot oil and hot water. And the B, and the B side is red, red bottom and red coats. What? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Thank it. you guys so much. Thank you. Y'all have, have, awesome have a good you. one. You too, you Troy. You know. Oh, man. Y'all, Y'all have a great evening. Welcome here on the, in the chat room. We're excited. Make sure y'all tag us in um, your any events you guys have coming up and stuff so that we can share it, all right? We'll do it. Thank you. You guys have a great evening. And once again, thank you so much for spending some of your time here on Let's Chat with Alicia and I. We so appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. Till next time. Till next time. Leash, that was awesome. I had such a good time tonight. That was fun. That was fun. But the way it was going, I was like, wait a minute. That excerpt was, I was like, oh. I felt scared for him. I was like, you ain't got no friends. <laughs> it was good. It was good. We hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as Leash and I have, and as well as I guess. And like we should say, if you miss any part of the interview, no worries. Just head on up. And hit our archives, and don't forget, Leisha and I are now available on iHeartRadio. So make sure you sign in, follow us. We're trying to get our fellowship up, so make sure you follow us on iHeartRadio, and you can listen to any of our podcasts. And we hope that you guys enjoy tonight as much as we have. We have some great guests tonight, Leisha. Yes, we did. We had a great time, and we will see y'all. In two weeks. Have a good evening. Have a great weekend. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.